I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. ESPN Radio. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for hanging out with us here uh, on your Thursday. It's opening day in Major League Baseball. We talked a bunch of hoops in hour number one. Colby Dant from the College Basketball Experience Podcast joined us to break down the Final Four. Royce Robinson, our vertical rays and ESPN MT Class A Boys Basketball Player of the Year out of Lewistown, Montana, joined us as well. And, uh, we also talked a little bit about opening day. Here's some more, though, about opening day. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by GoBlackfoot.com, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Welcome back. ESPN Radio, Nuanas Now. Also coming to you statewide on SWX Montana Television and coming to you around the world on the ESPN MT app. Thanks for being here. It's opening day for baseball. Excited. Uh, for this to be the scenario that we are uh, commencing upon. And uh, we're joined now by a guy who's going to have a great sports weekend because not only is it opening day, but also San Diego State's in the uh, Final Four. Sean Rainey, third day in a row here on ESPN Radio, our uh, division-by-division breakdown. Thanks for being here again, man. Yeah, let's go. Hey, anytime I can talk some baseball, because uh, all the national radio, they're, they're talking football, they're talking Aaron Rodgers right now. It's like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of it. Give me a break. For sure. Let's, th- let's talk some baseball. I'm sick and tired of all that stuff, yeah. too, so <laughs> let's go. And I, I love that I'm surrounded by all these baseball guys, whether it's Sean or Andrew Houghton, Jeff Safford. Right, Corker likes to talk a little baseball on the airwaves, too, so we'll have plenty of baseball talk and also plenty of baseball games here on ESPN Radio throughout the season. We broke down the West on Tuesday for both the American and National League. The East yesterday for the AL and the NL. Now, let's do the Central Divisions. We'll start with the American League Central. Last year, uh, the Cleveland Guardians, my favorite team. I still haven't fully attached to the Guardians yet. Not even because of the name. I just, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, But they were the division champs. I remember doing this last year, and we were all very high on the White Sox, and that didn't happen. They were one of the disappointments of baseball going 500 last year. And then Twins, Tigers, and Royals were all below 500. Where are we at with the AL Central? What do you got the nickname as? Yeah, so, man, we did the the West and the East, and there's just so much excitement. The the Central Division's by far kind of the least the least exciting um, if we're going that route. But why do you think that is? Is it location of the team, sort of? It it could, yeah. I mean, because a lot of them aren't. No one in the AL Central is big hitters in free agency. No, I mean, obviously, the East divisions are always going to be because you got the the New Yorks, the big big the boss, yeah, the the big market teams. And so, yeah, the it, it's a lot of it is you know middle America, old school towns, Rust Belt towns. Yeah, and then especially though when you get teams like the Cubs who aren't like currently spending money, like they, they should, like the Cubs should be sure. spending a lot of money like yeah. all the time. And so when when a team like you know the Cubs aren't, then it really makes some of these uh, these middle teams and like you know the Royals have been good in the past but they're bad now the Tigers have been good in the past they're horrible now so it just kind of makes it a, a trickle down effect but the uh, the AL Central the division of opportunity 
because this one is probably the most wide open as far as anybody could could win it. The NL uh, East, I, there's three teams at right. the top three, that we talked about that, that that could all win it. But I think the Braves are kind of clearly the top team. The Guardians are the top team. They won it last year. But the Twins and White Sox, I mean, it, it's all it's all similar to me. Um, and you got the Tigers and the Royals um, who are, are probably going to struggle again. But the Royals have a lot of uh, young talent. Tigers got a little bit of young talent. But to me, division of opportunity because those top three teams, it's really pretty wide open. Anybody could win it. Who knows? I, I think you uh, – Cleveland, obviously the way – they're one of these teams that we talk about that are in the same vein of as like the Rays, the Dodgers – they have found the analytical formula to win during the regular season. Yeah. And you got Terry Francona, a really good manager. They emphasize pitching. They get the most out of their pitchers. They have a really good bullpen. I mean, Emmanuel Class A, I don't know if you've ever watched a pitch, but the dude throws like 102-mile-an-hour cutters. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. He, he throws it 102, and it's got, you know, 16 inches of movement on it. it like It's just a, it's an unhittable pitch. Their lineup is kind of a – it's Jose Ramirez, who's one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, and has been their sort of cornerstone. And then just a bunch of kind of mismatch guys that, oh, this guy's good against righties, this guy's good against lefties. We're kind of just going to platoon and mix and match and throw a bunch of stuff out there and hope it works. Um, so their their lineup isn't all that great, but they do have certain guys that – like Stephen Kwan was the one of the you know potential rookies of the year last year. He's like this, this little left-handed hitter who – just never strikes out. Um, so, you know, they, they have some talent. They're going to be good. They're going to be in the mix for the division. Will they this year? I This might be the year that I think they, they take a slight uh, step back. I'm still not sold on the depth of their pitching. Tristan McKenzie, who's kind of probably their second best pitcher, he's dealing with a little bit of injuries. Yeah. He's injury prone and was healthy most of last year. But, again, it's a team that every time you think you're going to count them out, they're just they're a solid, well-run organization. They have done such a great job of navigating this because it's very rare that you get a team that uh, was spending money and then the market doesn't cater to that anymore, and then they basically transition into being like a farm system team, and they're still competitive. Like between when they played in the World Series against the Cubs to now, they've let so many premier guys walk, whether it's Francisco Lindor or Corey Kluber or whoever it might be. Yep, and they've replaced them all though with guys that have maybe are, are not household names, but have gotten – I mean, they're still, they've still won the division. Or or you make good trades. Like, they made the, a trade with the Padres where they traded away Mike Clevenger, and they have a couple guys that are all starting for them in Josh Naylor, their first baseman, Cal Quantrill, uh, their third-best starting pitcher that uh, contribute uh, to their team. And then Clevenger goes to San Diego, blows out his elbow, and has been horrible since. So if if you don't pay certain guys, you make some good trades. Um, they're just a well-run organization, and you know, like I said, they're going to be in the mix. But outside of like, I mean, Shane Bieber um, is good, but he kind of it's a lot of curveballs, a lot of off-speed stuff. Not you know like one of the most flashy flashy pitchers, but Class A and Ramirez um, by far the two best players on that team. Norris now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app breaking down the central divisions in Major League Baseball, the American League Central right now. Um, what about the White Sox? Why did they underachieve so bad last year? Well, because um, they had – it was just a weird, weird team. And the fact that they had 
and a manager who was falling asleep during games and super old and <laughs> yeah. just could not um, was not a fit for. They're like a young, flashy team that has a lot of like Latin influence and stuff. Yeah. And you're you have an 80 year old white manager. I don't know. It just didn't really um, yeah. it didn't really gel. They have a lot of guys in their lineup that are all similar hitters. And a lot of the times, like that doesn't work out. Right. Like they don't. They don't have a lot of on base percentage guys. They got a lot of guys that um, hit for average. Right. But they don't walk a lot, so they don't get on base a lot. So then they, you're you're like, wow, they have Tim Anderson and uh, Jose Abreu and Moncada and Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, but they don't score runs. It's because they not a lot of them get on base, and so it's hard to. Unless you're hitting homers, it's hard to you know string runs together when a lot of your hitters are kind of the same. I think this year they're going to be uh, more solid because they're going to get bounce backs. They Lucas Giolito was an ace a couple years ago. He was awful uh, last year. Lance Lynn was banged up and not good last year. If they get bounce backs from Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito, pair him with uh, Dylan Cease, then their their rotation is going to be good. Um, unfortunately, their their closer, one of the best in baseball, Liam Hendricks, uh, dealing with. Uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, so he's battling that and will be out for a little while. Um, So the back end of their bullpen has some question marks. But they have the talent um, to be be far and away the best team in this division. Uh, Will they put it together? Um, That's going to be fun to watch. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining us here, breaking down the divisions. Uh, Okay, finally, the National League Central. The St. Louis Cardinals were the division champs last year. Milwaukee was pretty good but missed the playoffs uh it was a good race down the stretch for those wild card spots between philadelphia milwaukee and san diego uh the cubs like you said perplexing they're not spending more money and then the reds and the pirates were both uh cellar dwellers last year so where are we at with the uh, nl central what are you calling them this year all right well obviously all these teams are kind of in in middle america right yeah. so this is the mid division yeah because it's middle America and all these teams are just kind of mid. Middle, yeah, right. um, the Cardinals, I mean, the Cardinals are good. Um, they're going to be solid. Their lineup is going to be better. Uh, they have a, a rookie that made the team out of opening day, Jordan Walker. Mm-hmm. He's a name to know. Uh, this kid is pretty electric. He's a third base uh, prospect. But obviously when you have Nolan Arenado at third base, you're right. not going to play there. Right. So he's going to be thrown out into the outfield. So you got, and then they signed Wilson Contreras. So you got Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Nolan Arenado, Jordan Walker, and then a bunch of um, guys who have showed flashes before. Tyler O'Neill, uh, Tommy Edmond, uh, Lars Newbar is kind of like one of those young guys that people say like can make the jump. So their lineup is going to be good. It's just their their pitching is going to be the question mark because they don't have they don't have an ace. They don't really have a number two. They have a bunch of number threes on their team. Adam Wainwright's getting you know old and up there. Uh, Flaherty has been hurt. Uh, Montgomery might be their best pitcher with Michaelis, but they're they're starting pitching not very good. Their bullpen is good, um, and then what are they going to look like without Yadier Molina? Right. Um, I was going to ask as a that. catcher. Like Contreras is a great catcher, you know, but obviously Molina's worked with Wainwright and all these pitchers for so long, sure. and it's been, made it work. He's so been the cornerstone of their entire organization. Yeah, and, and I think Wilson Contreras can be a good fit, um, but it will just be weird, especially him coming over from the Cubs. It's going to be weird seeing somebody else uh, be the backstop for this team. Um, but they're they're going to be solid. They're going to be good. Um, but their their starting pitching uh, definitely worries me. 
How about the Brewers? What, what do they need to do to stay uh, in contention and, and maybe get over the hump? They need, yeah, the Brewers need their young, their young hitters to to perform. Yeah, because um, they they have a really good rotation. Obviously, Burns and Woodruff, arguably the 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 best tandem of pitchers uh, out there. Um, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, they they have, they have a good starting rotation. Um, they need they're starting a lot of young guys. You have prospects in you know Garrett Mitchell. Bryce Turang, uh, Sal Freelich. They got a bunch of dudes that they need to perform. And then they're taking some flyers on like a Jesse Winker. Um, guys that have shown potential in the past, um, like a Brian Anderson, that can do things. Um, and, they need, and they need Christian Yelich to, to kind of, I mean, obviously not get back to MVP form because I don't think that's in him anymore. But they just need him to be solid. Um, and stay healthy, and they have a, a catcher. The other Contreras, William Contreras, right. his younger brother, um, has a lot of potential as well. So they need all those young hitters to perform because their hitting um, over the last couple of years has been their downfall. And um, if they do, um, they can contend to win the division. All right, so we'll wrap this. Uh, myself, Andrew Houghton, and Jeff Sapper will talk a lot of baseball here in hour number two on your opening day. But uh, we previewed all the divisions Give me your final answers for the champions. Who you got winning? And we'll start with the AL East. Ooh, okay. We're going through each one real quick? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go Blue Jays to win the, the AL East. Okay, who you going with the AL Central? AL Central. Let's go with the – let's switch it up. Let's go Minnesota Twins. Twins. Why Twinkies. not? Let's go with the Twins. How about the AL West? AL West. I got to go Astros. You're definitely I want to I want to say Mariners, but let's go Astros. That's the problem is the Mariners are a really good team and they're going to be a playoff contender for sure, but they're still like 10 games worse than the, yeah, Astros, yeah. the Astros. You got to go Astros. Uh NL East who we got? Braves. Yeah. The uh, NL Central. Cardinals. I still yeah. got to go Cardinals. And how about the NL West? I already know where you're going. Um Let's go. I mean, we got. I gotta go, Padres. I can't. I can't say Padres. Dodgers. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Especially, yeah. yeah. You'll kill over dead. Okay, we'll make our picks and we'll compare and contrast. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a little wager on this, or maybe we'll just have a little fun pool. I don't know. We'll track. I it. got. Yeah. Let's go. And I'm going Padres over Blue Jays in the World Series. Why not? Odds over Jays. Yep. yep. Let's do it. World Series. And I got. Uh, I got Julio Rodriguez is the MVP. Wow. Um, out of the American League. That, wow. That's one that a lot of the Mariners fans will like out there. No Sports Illustrated coverage. Julio Rodriguez for the MVP. Uh, any other things you want to add before we let you go? Um, just, I, It's going to be fascinating to watch uh, this year with baseball. Obviously with the, the pitch clock, I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as the season goes along. But I think that's going to really gonna, you know, speed up games. It's going to save you know, 15 minutes or so. But I think some of these new rule changes with no shifts and I think mm. stolen bases are going to – go up a lot. So there's going to be a lot more action on the base pass. I think it's going to be a really fun uh, baseball season as far as that goes. And the last thing I'll say, I think there's a lot of uh, people who like baseball but they can't find a way to get in it as much. I think like you kind of fall into that category. Like You enjoy baseball. I do. But it's hard for you to follow it, especially every day and it's a long season and stuff. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Just get a group of guys yeah. and, and start a fantasy baseball league yeah, or a group sure. of girls, whoever. Start a fantasy baseball league because that will make you just pay attention more sure. and get you a little bit more invested. And it doesn't even have to be like a daily league. Just have it be a weekly league where you just mm-hmm. set your lineup on Sunday and then you can check it at the end of the week. Yep. But it'll just give you a reason sure. to pay attention. And then you're going to be like, 
oh wow, this is a this is a lot of fun, kind of yeah. like learning all the guys yeah. and learning who plays where, and then it gets you just more invested, and then you can enjoy it a lot more, and it just gives you another reason to watch, or you can just gamble on the games like I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the other day because one of the things I used to, the reasons I used to be so into baseball was I would play MLB the Show, and I would play mm-hmm. a whole season. And then you're playing every game, and you know everybody. That's all you know. You're playing against well, and the, there's a whole American League and whatever. Yeah, and there's so many players, there's so many For prospects. Sure. So it's like it's hard to keep up. And so when you when you yeah, it doesn't matter if you don't know anybody on any of the teams. It doesn't matter. Even as we did this exercise here today, though, I was looking at all the Russians. Like, oh man, I know a lot of players in baseball. Actually, know. Yeah, and when you, and when you step away from it for a little bit, yeah. you feel overwhelmed. You're like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know enough, so I'm not going to follow it. So if you yeah. just invest yourself a little bit and find one of those activities, it makes baseball a lot more fun maybe we'll start at espn radio fantasy baseball we should, we that should. sounds pretty fun stay tuned on that we'll talk more baseball hour number two here on opening day but that's sean rainey swx montana television division by division that was fun man thanks hey always always want to talk some baseball uh hope everyone has a good year thanks to sean for uh spending the time with us this week and breaking it all down and uh, thanks to you for tuning in here on to is now. It is Major League Baseball opening day. My uh, endless and eternal debate on how to fully become obsessed again with baseball continues. I, I just don't know if I can do it, and it has nothing to do with anything besides time. I, I just don't know if I have the brain space and time to do it. It's funny when I'm talking about used to play 162-game seasons on MLB The Show or Triple Play 99 or whatever. Oh, to have that much time in my life again, that would just be so great. I don't think if I had that much time as a 35-year-old, I would use it like I did when I was 17, though. I'd be doing a lot of other <laughs> things besides just hammering baseball video games. But, you know, it was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. Uh, all right, guys. We're going to talk more baseball uh, later this weekend, next week, too. But to Andrew Houghton, Jeff Safford, both burning to get some baseball takes in. Where do we even want to start with this? You guys were there listening to all Sean's stuff. Is there any anything outlandish? I thought it actually was kind of surprising that for my rudimentary knowledge of Major League Baseball, I think that my, my contenders and division winners pretty much aligned with Sean's. So where are we at? Is there anything outrageous or disagreeable or, or just anything that we left out the last couple of days? I don't think so. I think you guys hit it pretty pretty well. I mean, baseball is a sport that's kind of slow to evolve, right? So the teams that have mostly been good the last couple of years are the teams that are probably going to be good, pretty good this year. Right. And as long as you get a handle on that and then the couple up-and-coming teams like the Mariners maybe, sure, uh, you got a pretty good handle on everything. Uh, I wouldn't say that I would consider the Padres the World Series winner, but I understand why yeah, yeah. Sean did that, yeah, and I think totally. they're, they're probably in the top tier. They're definitely in the top tier. That's the most interesting deal to me. And this is an NL West dynamic that then spreads throughout the entire National League. Is I think it's almost impossible to argue against the fact that the Dodgers and the Mets are just going to win a ton of games in the regular season. Sure. But I don't know if that actually matters, right? None of it matters. Uh, right? Like, last year, the Phillies got third in their division, and they went to the World Series. They only won, like, 86 games. Oh, it, it's not the NBA. As long as you're in the playoffs, you got a chance. Right. I mean, the, the Phillies truly won, what, probably 25 games less than the Dodgers last year and went multiple rounds in the playoffs farther. So uh, th- that's certainly um, part of it. 
so then get me excited about the regular season if all you have to do is make the playoffs to make a run. Like teams that should be excited for it? or yeah, I mean, but like what, what am I, if it all comes down to one game in September, then what's the point of being in, invested in everything till then? Because you got to get in. Right. And it's just it's just fun. I mean, there are a lot of fun players in the league is how yeah. I would approach the argument, sure. right? There are a lot of cool guys who are going to be doing cool stuff every night. I mean, Aaron Judge hit a home run on, I think, the first or second pitch he saw this season. Yeah. Adley Rutschman has five hits today for the Orioles. Nice. Their young catcher who was a rookie last year. I just... There are a lot of young, exciting players in the game today. Uh, that would be my argument for watching regular season baseball. Safford, I have a question for you. First of all, open mic to you. Is there anything we missed or anything that we left out? You mentioned the Rangers yesterday. You thought that was something that we glossed over in our AL West conversation. Well, they're just a team to me that I find extremely intriguing. And Sean touched on this, talking about how much money that they spent and that reason, for sure, yeah, a, totally a team that I'm very interested in, a brand-new ballpark. They're trying to generate a lot of excitement around the team. But the one thing that didn't get touched on at all, I thought it was very interesting looking at this Rangers team, and maybe a lot of people kind of forgotten, but who their new manager is. And me being a yeah. Bay Area guy, leading the Giants to three World Series championships, I know all about, they call him in the Bay Area, he's got a He's got a huge, got a big dome, Bruce Bochy. <laughs> yeah. He's known of having just a huge, just a huge head. But Bruce Bochy, a great manager, I mean, he's he's already been able to make a great career for himself, whether it's with the Padres before moving over to well, the Giants. Yes. I mean, his his resume speaks for itself. But he's older now at 70 years old. He's been out of the game for a couple of years, had this kind of swan song season with the Giants where, you know, everybody was bringing him gifts, giving him cases of Pinot Noir or Cabernet because he's a big wine guy, you know, and you're thinking, all right, this is it for Boach. And now, a couple years later, he's back. So, and he, I thought he was one of the bigger reasons the Giants were able to go on those postseason runs because he was able to handle all these different types of players and personalities, especially looking at that 2010 ragtag team. I mean, you had Aubrey Huff, who after the fact has gone off the rails on Twitter doing all this crazy stuff, and he also was wearing crazy underwear in the clubhouse, but he was able to get all these guys together and make them play together, and he was able to make the right pitching moves and put guys in the right role. He had the wherewithal to put Sergio Romo, this guy that shoved 90 miles an hour to close games, and it worked. So is he going to be able to push the right buttons and put all these guys together with all this money with the Rangers in that tough division? I think that's an interesting story to look at. Let's go uh, division by division. Matt Devlin of the uh, Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival coming up here in just a couple minutes. But I want to get you guys' picks. So Rainey went Blue Jays in the AL East, Twins in the AL Central, Astros in the AL West, Braves in the NL East, Cardinals in the NL Central, and Padres in the NL West. I'm going with the Dodgers out West, the Cardinals in the NL Central, the Braves in the East. I got the AL West champions as the Astros. I got the Guardians winning the AL Central. And my wild card here is I got the Tampa Bay Rays winning the AL East. 
what do you think? We'll start with you, Sanford. Just just uh, go down the line. Who do you got winning? Uh, just go NL first. National League, uh, let's start out east. I've got the Braves as well. Um, I think they have a lot of strength coming back and really showing that today. They had a great effort, 7-2 win over the Nats. Um, you know, the Nats not a strong team per se, but still a good performance for the Braves on the road. In the Central, I'll take Robert Chase's St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, buddy. We'll go out west. I'm going to go with Rainey's Padres to okay. win that division. Just because I just think that a couple of the guys the Dodgers lost. For sure. I think is going to be big. Especially looking at, he's not the, in terms of what he does production-wise, but I think losing Trey Turner is going to be a bigger loss for L.A. than people realize. For just sure. in terms of what he was for in terms of a quote-unquote clubhouse guy. Those guys are really important For sure. in baseball. And J.D. Martinez might refine, rekindle the power and the average like he had in Boston, but we don't know that. Yeah. So looking at all the talent that the Padres have, what they got coming back with Tatis in a bit also, I just think Padres. So then, okay, so then we're moving now to the American League. That's right. The champion in the AL, I'm going to go with the Yanks. Big win today. I mean, Garrett Cole broke the franchise record for opening day strikeouts in four innings. He had 11 Ks, but he had 10 through four innings against the Giants today. So we'll go with the pinstripes. And the Central, we're going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. They're not going to have Jake Taylor or Willie Willie Mays Hayes lining up for him, but I think... The Guardians, <laughs> with some solid starting pitching, I think they'll take that division. And out west in the AL, we'll go with the Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. The heel, the head of the table, whatever you want to refer to them as, the Houston Astros. I mean, I think he kind of got it as the defending uh, world chips. Andrew, uh, what, what do you got? Well, I guess starting in the NL, I think you guys are... I think the Braves are good. I think you guys are too high on the Braves. I'm going to take the Mets in the NL East. It's not a bad pick. That's, in fact, the betting favorite pick. The Mets are favored to win their division at a higher odds than anybody in baseball besides the Houston Astros. Wow. I don't know if I would go that far, but I think the Mets and the Braves are pretty equal on talent here. I think the Mets obviously have a ton of good players, and I think the thing that's going to make the difference is if it's close in July, who's going to go and make the big move? Right. Steve Cohen is the New York Mets are going to make the big deadline move if if they need to. That's right. Central, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think that one's pretty, you know, I think the Brewers can make it close, but I think that one's pretty cut and dried. And I'll back Rainey and Safford in the West with the San Diego Padres. I think this is the year that they put it together. It's not so much, the Dodgers are going to fall off. You win 111 games, you're going to fall off. Right, yeah. But I think that with Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back after a month, more than the Dodgers falling off, this is going to be the year that that star-studded lineup of the Padres puts it together. In the AL, I think in the East, you can take, you can make an argument maybe for all five of these teams. And certainly, like, three really, I mean, that's the best division to bet because there is no defined favorite. Like Rays, Yankees, Jays, I think. There's plus odds for all three. That's why it's a fun one to bet if you're making futures bets. Out of those three, I think I would take the New York Yankees. As Safford mentioned, Garrett Cole shoved today. Carlos Rodon, of course, has to stay healthy in the number two spot there. 
But again, that's a team with the wherewithal to make a big move at the deadline if they want to. If it's close, if it's a three-way race in July, they can go out and make a big move at the deadline. I'll back Rainey in the Central with the Minnesota Twins. I think they're going to be close with the Guardians. But I think getting Carlos Correa back is a huge move for the Minnesota Twins, sort of the way that that worked out with his physical, him not getting the big money deal, getting them a chance to bring him back because I think he's a great clubhouse guy in addition to obviously a great shortstop. So I think the second year of the Twins with Correa is going to take the Central. And then in the West, I would love to take the Seattle Mariners. But the safe pick here is just the the Houston Astros. That's right. And, you know, you want to take the Los Angeles Angels in the West, too, because the year that they finally put it together, they don't need to do much. You just need to have an average team behind Trout and Otani, and you need Trout and Otani to stay healthy for a whole year, and they could win that division. But I just, the, the Astros have it rolling too much. They've got great depth. They've got a great lineup. Uh, they always seem to come up with a couple of pitchers out of their farm system to create depth on the staff. So as much as I don't want to, and as much as I think that Seattle's probably going to have a pretty good season, got to take the Astros in the West. So our uh, little fun competition, got the spreadsheet here. We'll uh, fill in the blanks with a couple other participants, probably maybe get Riley Corcoran involved in this as well. Uh, but we're all on the Cardinals. Most of us are on the Braves. Uh, but there's going to be a couple divisions, specifically the AL East, uh, that might shake things up a little bit. We'll talk more baseball, but for now, we got to get out because we got some fishing coming up. Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival coming up here in Missoula on uh, Saturday, April 1st, at the Denison Theater. We'll talk about this event next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's because they've been trolling me from behind the glass. Sorry. Sorry if you're you're offended. That's just the way it goes. When you make fun of me for liking Dave Matthews, I'm going to play Dave Matthews on the show all day long. Welcome back to Honest Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for joining us here on this rainy uh, Thursday. I promise it's going to be spring or summer or something like that soon. At least it's not snowing. It snowed like five inches in Bozeman this morning. So uh, at least we got that going for us here in Western Montana. But we've been talking all sorts of spring things throughout the show already today. Final Four, Major League Baseball opening day. We uh, had an interview with one of our uh, high school basketball players of the year. And now let's talk some fly fishing. The Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival is back for the 10th year. That's crazy, man. Matt Devlin in studio with us. He's joined us uh, pretty much annually for the last couple of years. Good to see you again, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you. Yeah. First of all, uh, 10 years, that's a big deal. So you guys have kept it going, kept it rolling. So um, that's kind of like a landmark moment. You guys yeah. are probably feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. We're uh, we're a decade deep. That's what we're, that's what we're telling people. I, I think there were some, some lean years with covid um, I'm I'm just trying to recover from the the information that you're a Dave Matthews man. Fan. <laughs> to, 
I'm, I'm kind of under the table and dreaming right now, if, if I'm being honest. Well, that's good. <laughs> hey, it's like I always say, man, if you if you know, you know, and if you don't, that's fine, too. You know, you I'm go, just kidding. Go, he's good. He's good. He's, he's got to go see him at the gorge, he's man. Good it's, a, it's a religious experience. I get it. You know? I get it. Yeah, it's all about a state of mind. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm also willing to talk about the Lamar Jackson contract. <laughs> Let's uh, go. You know. Let's go. I'm hoping Lamar Jackson ends up in purple again with the Minnesota Vikings. I am, I'm actually, I'm a Ravens fan. I grew, mm. up, I grew up like 20 minutes south of Baltimore. So what do you think of that? Oh, I mean, it's such yeah. a strange scenario, right? I mean, the Ravens are solid. Yeah, the they're way, always solid. They've been the, solid. The way they run their, their front office, but like they... I don't know. I think there's a little bit of uh, hesitancy from the Joe Flacco contract. For sure. You know, which Lamar literally took over the position. Right. And if it was guaranteed, you know, the ball club would have been screwed. But, I mean, you, you just have to pay him. I don't know. I, I, like, you can't lose him. Right. You can't let him walk. You just can't do it. He's a generational talent. He's MVP. He's been in the playoffs pretty much every year. There's the narrative that he can't win in the playoffs. But, like, to get to that narrative, you got to be in the playoffs all the time. So you're already better than most of the – the other quarterbacks out there. So we'll see. That's going to be a saga that's going to be uh, compelling at the very least to watch. Uh, tell us about this year's uh, film festival. Is there anything different about it or anything that you guys are really proud of or anything you really want to promote for this good, year's deal? Yeah, good question. Uh, we've got we've got three uh, steelhead films this year, which is kind of new for us. I think, I think the production value is overall a little higher this year than it has been in the cool. past. You know, I, I don't... I don't get bogged down with that. I'm kind of always, you know, looking for the best story to tell. But I say this every year, but I think this is by far the best lineup of films. We've got 12 short films, and they, they just kind of flow together. This is Saturday, by the way. I, did, I buried the lead. My journals professors <laughs> would be mad at me. This is Saturday, April 1st, down there at the Denison Theater. I'm actually on my way to the Denison right after this show. There's a tell us something down there tonight that I'm looking forward to. Uh, but films all throughout the day, then? Is that how this works? No, no, that's a, that. Yes, another good question. You must do this for a living. Um, <laughs> we we just sort of, uh, we decided to call it a film festival rather than a film tour, but sure. it, it's it's run more like the, the other festivals or tours that come around, kind of like a ski film premiere, you yeah, know, yeah. It, where it's like about an hour and 40 minutes, give or take, sure. of footage, and then, you know, halftime in between where we are going to raffle off a uh, Orvis Recon rod and a bunch of other stuff and raise some money for West Slope Chapter Trout Unlimited. So it's, you know, it's a community event. It's uh, established at this point. And, you know, if, if you haven't ever come, I think this is the this is the year to do it. Matt Devlin in studio with us. The Montana Fly Fishing Film Festival returns at mtfishingfilmfest.com. It's where you can find all the tickets, uh, information, and all that sort of stuff. We have tickets for you, though, too. Call us right now. Call number three, 406 1029 You want to go to this, we got a pair of tickets for you. 888 And it's actually a three-pack of tickets that they provided for us. So if you, by chance, want to have three, that's cool, too. 888 Call number three. We got tickets for you to the Montana Fishing Film Festival uh, at the Denison uh, on Saturday. So what does this thing get started, then, in, in the evening? Another good question. You're on a roll. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> door six, show seven. There you um, go. You know, there'll be a, adult refreshments uh, provided by the Badlander catering and just kind of, it's just a good time. It's a, it's, you know, chance to see, see your friends and we've, we've all been through a very long winter. Oh man. And it, I hope that yeah. it's coming out. How does that affect fishing? I, 
I like got into fishing a little bit during the pandemic because what the hell else was I going to yeah. do, right? And yeah. uh, but I, I, I'm totally novice, right? I don't yeah. know anything about anything besides you know just being outside and sort of kind of knowing how to cast a little bit. So how does how's a long winter affect the the rivers and streams around here? It's a really good question. I, you know, I think uh, the the big the big early season hatch that everyone is kind of champing at the bit to go fish is the squala hatch and you hear a lot about that and i think i think it's about on schedule you know maybe a week later this year but um the the bitterroot's kind of the the home waters for that hatch uh and it's always warmer down there you know there's no shelf ice but you know if you drive up to uh you know greeno right now i mean there's like you know, it, it's still winter. Up Blackfoot, <laughs> right, so. totally. Yeah, I mean, so like, I mean, just even from a, like a logistics standpoint, like floating, floating on the Blackfoot right now is, is, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a high effort environment up there. Totally. Uh, what's your favorite part about this? I mean, what, what's your favorite part about this, this coming back around every year? I think, you know, so, kind of seeing a lot of the same people, yeah. you know, and like, you a know, reunion we, of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's like, people are like, you know, thanks for sticking with this. I mean, we're, you know, we go to other cities. We're in, I think, 12 cities this year. Um, we've got, you know, Orvis has become a part of it and it's, you know, allowed me to kind of focus on it more, which has been, you know, really, really, really nice. Um, I like, I like raising money for local conservation groups. You know, that's kind of pretty helpful. Um, it's a big part of living in Montana. I'm glad yeah. you guys are doing that. Yeah, it is. You got to kind of put your, put your money where your mouth is, I think. People that have been to this before, I'm sure they're excited that this is coming back. People that haven't been to this before but that are into fishing are certainly excited about this. How would you sell this to somebody that maybe hasn't been, hasn't heard of it? Or what can they expect if they attend this event on Saturday night? You know, it's it's fun. Like, it's it's approachable. You know, we're not, we don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, there's there's films that I think, like, everybody from the young kids to the grandma and grandpa and the family can enjoy. You know, it's it's very... It's very approachable. It's not, there's not really the elitist vibes. You know, we're like, come on, check this out. Like maybe you fly fish, maybe you don't, maybe you just started, maybe you've been doing it for 45 years and you're a professional tire. You know, we want to have a lineup where we feel like everybody can get something out of it and we don't, you know, we don't want to be douchey. Yeah, right. We want it to be, we want to be like, right? come on. Yeah. We, we want more people to fish, more people to right. conserve the rivers and you know. Well, that's great, and uh, this is uh, the River City for a reason, and I know there's a great many people around here that just love being uh, a part of this sport, but also having this sport available to us uh, in Montana. It is the Montana Fishing Film Festival, mtfishingfilmfest.com. You can find ticketing information and everything else you need to know about this. Uh, Doors at 6, show at 7, is that right? Yep. Uh, On Saturday, uh, that's April 1st for those tracking on the calendar. It's their 10th anniversary, so that's pretty cool. Uh, go support these guys. It's uh, it's for a good cause. It's a lot of fun, and it's a great event. Matt Devlin in studio with me here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Nuanas Now. We will continue talking Major League Baseball opening day, even though it's still pouring rain in western Montana. It's sunny somewhere. That's next. Keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our 
ESPN Radio Podcast Network as well. We're here with Hannah Christ from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I love it. It makes me laugh every time. It's okay. That's what makes music. It's what makes sports great. We all have our own likes and dislikes. And uh, I mean, what the hell else would we talk about if we weren't arguing about stuff all the time? Welcome back. It's a Dave Matthews Thursday, just because I'm trying to prove a point. (laughs) Mostly, I'm just trying to be happy. Hope you're having a great uh, day, evening, whatever uh, part of your day you are in. The... um, the news of the day, we've had some actually pretty bombshell-like news of the days lately, uh, the last couple days. But today is uh, nothing crazy. It's just the opening day uh, of Major League Baseball. But we did have a couple of news briefs uh, that worth mentioning, and uh, they'll be in our sports centers the next couple days. Mick Durham, who's one of the uh, beloved coaches in the state of Montana, spent 16 years at Montana State. He spent the last five years at MSU Billings. He had a, about a 10-year span at Alaska Fairbanks in between there. But McDermott from Three Forks, played for the Bobcats, and then coached him as an assistant and then a head coach uh, for a really long time. Uh, actually, the all-time leading wins guy in, in Big Sky history until Randy Ray broke that last year. Uh, McDermott retires. 40 seasons total co- coaching college basketball, so that's an impressive number. And they had one of their great years at MSU Billings, so he certainly went out uh, with a flourish. So congratulations to Coach Durham. I don't know Mick very well, but I do know his brother Mark quite well, and I, I know Mark listens to this show from time to time. And uh, there's Durhams all over the place, and they're great people. And uh, so uh, happy trails to Mick Durham, but what a great career. 397 total wins, uh, including more than 250 at Montana State. So one of the great coaches uh, in MSU history. Also, the other news brief for the day is the uh, Big Sky Conference has announced their Hall of Fame inductees. This has gotten off to uh, an actually really clunky start. But it's not for the fault of the Big Sky Conference. It's a great idea to have a Hall of Fame for a conference. I mean, that's, that's an excellent idea. It seems like slam dunk. seems like, why, why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't be people be interested? People are definitely going to be interested in that. But they decided to do this with their inaugural uh, ceremony and induction the year that the pandemic messed everything up. So we're sitting there in Boise, 
And the we had all planned on going to this banquet, and then the pandemic rolls around, and then the banquet gets canceled, and it basically gets pushed off for like two years. And so those poor inductees, they got this good announcement, and then they got some juice behind it, and then all of a sudden it just doesn't happen. And then they had to sit around and wait for a couple of years. So it's really weird. Like they made the announcement in 2019, and the people didn't even get inducted to the Hall of Fame until last year. So it was just like all this treading water. So now we're into it. They did the inductions last year. Okay, now we're going. And uh, next year we'll have an induction class. That sounds great. And uh, hopefully this this streamlines the process a little more. Again, it's not anybody's fault. It's just how the cookie crumbled, unfortunately. But they announced their second Hall of Fame class. The headliner of this Hall of Fame class, uh, the greatest basketball player in the history of the University of Montana on the men's side, Eric Kristoviak, a three-time Big Sky Conference MVP, the only man in Grizz or Big Sky Conference history with more than 2,000 points and more than 1,000 rebounds. And uh, just an all-around great character in Big Sky Conference lore because not only was he one of the great individual players ever in the league, he also then came back to his alma mater after a uh, long and successful NBA career, and he coached the Grizz for a couple years, led him to the NCAA tournament twice, and led Montana to the most recent win by a Big Sky Conference team uh, for men's hoops uh, in the league's history. So, um, Kristoviak going in for a variety of different reasons. And uh, he is the headliner of this most recent class. It also includes Archie Amerson from Northern Arizona, who was a Walter Payton Award winner there at NAU in 1996. Lindsey Anderson of Weber State Track and Field. She competed in Weber from 2004 to 2007. They're just in alphabetical order. Jerome Black, who's one of the most entertaining sprinters I could ever remember in the Big Sky. She was an outstanding 100-meter runner at Portland State. Shannon Butler, uh, who was a cross-country and track and field aficionado at Montana State in the late 90s, or late 80s, early 90s. Andrew and I went down a Shannon Butler rabbit hole once upon a time. Because he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, we, we got to bring this back. I know you were like fringely working on a story on him or something. We got to bring that back or just like have a segment on him or something because this guy's crazy. This is like an awesome Montana story. Yeah, actually, two of my favorite like cult hero Big Sky guys on this list with <laughs> yeah. Shannon Butler, who's just yeah. incredible. I mean, he was the greatest distance runner in conference history, certainly the greatest distance runner in conference history who didn't go to Northern Arizona. Uh, right, totally. Uh, his senior year, he goes and wins the NCAA title in the 5,000 meters. Then his college eligibility is done. He goes and wins the 10,000 meters, the USA championship. Yeah. Never lost a race at the Big Sky Championships. Amazing. Incredible. The other guy, Charles Roberts, who's still oh, the all-time leading rusher in Big Sky Conference history. He was like 5'6". He's, he's the all-time leading rusher in Big Sky history by like thousands of yards. His statistics are incredible. His, then he went to the CFL and tore up the CFL. Charles Roberts is literally listed at five foot six. The pictures of him are unbelievable. He looks like a bobblehead doll because the the helmet and the pads are so big. Like when I first started pouring through the Big Sky record books when I was like a young reporter and I'm just trying to memorize all this stuff and get all this stuff in my in my quiver, so to speak. I remember calling John Casper at the Big Sky office sure. and being like, "Dude, you have some misprints," and he's like, "No, dude." Charles Roberts really did rush for 464 yards in a game. Charles Roberts really did have 6,000 rushing yards in his career. I'm like, this is incredible. This is incredible. The other part about him is 
it's hardly chronicled because they weren't getting not covered. Like the, the Sacramento papers and stuff were not covering Sac State at all in the late 90s. So there's like, he's like a legend without a story because there's no writing about him anywhere on the internet. It's crazy. Two of the guys that I most want to write about at some point for Skyline yeah. Sports, Shannon Butler and, and then Charles Roberts, just incredible. Uh, so those two guys part of this class as well. Debbie Kohlberg, a volleyball player from Sac State. Kim Exner, a volleyball player from Eastern Washington. Chick Hillslop, a uh, track and field cross country uh, standout at Weber State. I think actually a coach because they're from 1969 to 2006. Uh, Dr. Jenny Hunt from Montana State, one of the first premier women's administrators in the league. Uh, Margarita Kamokova uh, is, is a tennis player from Sac State. Larry Kostoviak from Montana. Jamie Martin, a, a Walter Payton Award winner, or at least an All-American from uh, Weber State. Charles Roberts, of course. Michael Roos who was a great offensive lineman at Eastern Washington, and then Ron Stevenson, who was the commissioner of the Big Sky from 1981 to 1995. So maybe more on the uh, the Big Sky Hall of Fame coming up as well. We'll certainly have some stories about these folks uh, on SkylineSportsMT.com as well. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. A uh, well-rounded and multiple-subject show today. If you missed anything in today's Nuanas Now, you can always find it. On the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. They also got great specials and sales going on at both the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Go to both their websites, and you can order online as well. So go check that out, too. We'll be back at tomorrow at 4 p.m., We'll see you then. We're rolling into Astros versus White Sox here on ESPN Radio. Don't change the dial. MLB opening day right now. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.